It's kind of crazy to, to think that we're already officially heading into the holiday season. feels like summer just wrapped up a few weeks ago. Uh, there's going to be a lot of time spent with families, a lot of food eating, excessive shopping, holiday-themed parties, uh, different cookies to make, Christmas concerts to attend, and uh, vacations to go on. With all these different activities, obligations, it's a season that can become a blur, a time where we lose focus on what really matters. We can find ourselves going through the holiday motions, and we can get distracted from what truly matters this time of year. In fact, sometimes we let even the most ridiculous things distract us, don't we? So what I thought I would do is I would share some of the ridiculous things that distract me during the holiday season. My top five, exactly. Uh, the number five is picking the right piece of pie, all right? Uh, this, you laugh, I'm being honest here. So my mom is an amazing baker, my wife is too, but around Christmas, Thanksgiving time, she makes so many pies. She makes boysenberry, banana cream, blueberry cream, pumpkin, and it's just this, what am I gonna eat? And uh, it's not even the what am I gonna eat, it's the how much am I gonna eat? Uh, in fact, my record Thanksgiving pie consumption, I had a whole boysenberry pie one year, an entire pie, and that's a story for a different day. But um, <laughs> number four is Christmas cookies. Uh, my wife is amazing at decorating Christmas cookies, and my mom is no slouch at making them either. And so I'm constantly having this aroma of fresh cookies in my house, and it just is this constant distraction Number three, the big kid in me. I love picking out toys for my kids for Christmas. It gives me an excuse to go down the, the toy aisle at the store and get online and look at old nostalgia toys that maybe I would want to buy for myself. Um, number two is work. And it's not for the reason you might think. You see, I have some occupational hazards in my work. Uh, every year we raise funds for hum not for human like for we raise funds for Christmas assistance and we do a little deal with our middle school and high school that whichever group brings in the most money gets to shave my beard however they want. Um, go ahead and show that. This was from a couple years ago, and and it ceases to fail. It never ceases to fail that I have a like a funeral or like a big social event the day afterwards, and it's it's just a hazard. Uh, they threatened me this year, maybe trying to find the week before I preach. That way I have to be up here looking like that. Um, but then number one, and this is a recent entry, is the eggnog latte. Any eggnog latte fans out here? Like three. Okay, that's good. That means there's more for us. But uh, I discovered this beverage last year, and it changed my world. Uh, in fact, it didn't only change my world, it changed my bank account. My, my wife had to step in and have an intervention with me. There was a week where I probably spent like 50 to to $100 on eggnog lattes. And she's like, Brett, we can't afford this in our lives. And uh, so it was so bad that her dad actually bought me a frother so I could make my own at home. Um, so maybe your distractions aren't as ridiculous as mine. But we all have things that get in the way of our primary focus during the holidays. We're easily distracted from what our hearts are supposed to be set on. Around this year, this time of year, there's plans and activities, obligations. But on top of that, the holidays for some of us bring a multitude of emotions. Maybe there's loss. Maybe there's trauma from your past that keeps you from fully getting your heart set on the right things. 
All of the activities, obligations, and emotions that preoccupy our mind can put us into what I like to call a holidays. And a holidays is a state where busyness and stress put us into a fog or fatigue that puts what's most important out of focus, especially during the holiday season. As we head into Thanksgiving and Christmas, we know that the reason for the season is giving thanks to God and the birth of Jesus Christ. But in reality, it's easy for us to lose ourselves along the way. It's easy to get distracted from what matters most. To prepare our hearts for the holiday season, we're going to be looking at a passage that can teach us how we can keep our focus on Jesus in the midst of everything we have going on this holiday season. Our passage today is found in Luke chapter 10, verses 38 through 42. Our scripture read for the day is Aliyah Cervantes. And at TFRC, we prioritize reading scripture at the center of the room to remind us of the, the focus it's supposed to have in our lives. And we stand and face the center of the room. So would you please stand with me for the reading of God's word? And Aliyah, whenever you are ready, you can get started. As for Jesus and his disciples were on their way to he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered. You are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Thanks, Aaliyah. Everyone can be seated. Our passage today really captures the heart of how we usually lose focus on Jesus. Looking a little more into the story of Martha and Mary, we can find that wisdom and insight is in Scripture on how we can deal with those, those situations, especially in the holiday season. Verse 38 starts out by saying, As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. From the get-go, Martha does something that is so crucial to keeping our focus on Jesus. She invites him in. The first step to staying focused on Jesus is we need to invite him into all that we do. Martha's invitation to Jesus was not a hollow one. In Jewish culture, hospitality was and is an important value. Showing hospitality to guests is considered a mitzvah, which is a commandment uh, but it's more of an act of kindness keeping within the law. And when Martha invites Jesus into her house, she knows the implications of what that means. There's going to be a lot of work. I mean, she's going to do everything she can to show hospitality to Jesus. Something we need to remember is in this story, Jesus is not alone. If we go back, it says Jesus and his disciples. So she was not only serving Jesus, she was serving his 12 other people that were following him. The amount of work that would have been for one person was a lot. Many times when we choose to invite Jesus into what we do, we have to understand it won't always be an easy task. 
There's going to be a level of self-sacrifice that's needed. This actually highlights how great of intentions that Martha had. She welcomed Jesus with open arms into her home. She was ready to diligently serve him and his disciples in a way that she was supposed to culturally. In a similar manner, it's important that we have a willingness to invite him into what we do, especially as we live into the busyness of this season. We can do this by being intentional with our invitation and also by inserting him into what we're already doing. We should be finding activities and things to do that revolve around Jesus this time of year. Maybe it's the Christmas Eve service. Maybe it's the Thanksgiving service. Maybe it is going and singing Christmas carols with friends uh, that are Jesus-centric so that people can hear the good news. Maybe it's finding a little bit more devotional time uh, during this month. But for Jesus to be a primary focus of what we do, we have to start creating spaces for him to be that focus. If we incorporate... Uh, incorporate that time where we're intentionally going to him, there's, there's this dilemma that starts to happen, this, this problem though, is sometimes we start to compartmentalize our focus on Jesus. So we create all these spaces where we go to church or we, or we read our scripture or we sing carols together, but what happens after that's done? How do we still continue to keep Jesus the focus of our lives? To combat this tendency, it's so important that we find ways to insert him into all that we do. It's not always fun, it's not always easy, but what are some ways that you can begin to bring him into the spaces you're already in? One of the great mentors of my adult life is my father-in-law. One of the attributes that I, that I love about him, the, the thing that I try to emulate is his ability to insert Jesus into what he's already doing. Some of you might know him, and you might chuckle, and he's a great guy. Uh, I remember the first time I went golfing with him, and I'm a terrible golfer, uh, and we're at the, the first tee box, and I'm getting ready to go. I'm already nervous, and uh, oh, hold up, hold up, Brett, hold up. we got to pray right now. Like, we're on the first tee box. Everyone's watching. I, I felt uncomfortable, but, but that's what we did. He put his arm on me, he put his arm on me, and we prayed together. And it completely changed that space and that time together. And you better believe that um, every vacation we go on starts off with prayer, and every time Thanksgiving rolls around, who's, who's the one to be thankful for? It's Jesus. And I think if we can get better at inserting him into what we do, at making him a focal point of everything we're in, we're going to find that he becomes our primary focus more and more. And it's not just by praying at the beginning. There's also an imitation, a Christ-likeness that you can bring. If you can intentionally find spaces to, to be like Jesus, when, wherever it is you are, you, you invite him into your life. We have to keep striving to get better at letting him into all we do. Maybe it means saying that prayer before whatever it is you do, or maybe... It is creating intentional spaces for him to come in. Are you finding opportunities to invite Jesus into your life? Is he allowed to be present at your parties you're throwing? The gifts that you're giving and receiving? 
Is he in your holiday traditions? Is he in your workday routine? We have the ability to invite him into what we do to keep him our focus. As we attempt to invite Jesus into what we do, it doesn't change the fact that we still have so much on our plates. We still have so much going on. This makes it easy to let what we do become a distraction. We see this in Martha in verse 39 through 40. It says, She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sisters left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. To keep our focus on Jesus, we, have to, we can't let what we do become the distraction. Martha was just trying to serve as best as she could. She was living by her cultural expectations of the day. The intentions behind what she was doing were nothing but great. But it still kept her from being focused on what mattered most. The Greek word used for distracted is the verb perispao. And the verb implies that Martha's attention was drawn away. Which means at one point, she was there. At one point, her focus was on Jesus, but she let all the things she was doing for him make her lose perspective. And in the same way, it's easy for all of us to have things uh, that preoccupy our thoughts, even if they're good things, but we can't let them take away our focus. We have parties, we have shopping, we have, tra we have traveling, we have family commitments that draw our attention away from Jesus. We let what we do distract us from what we're supposed to have our attention on. Even as we live our lives for him, we see this happen. The heart behind what we do can be transformed into the wrong intentions. I love being a dad. Like it's one of my favorite things. And one of the things I, I really value is playing with my kids. I love to sit down and play action figures or play with a dollhouse or, or, or set up Legos. And I, and I make it a, a priority to carve out time to do that because I want to show my kids that I, I love them and that I care about them. So when I do this, there are times when I start playing and I notice that the action figure's arm is half broken. Or I notice that the Lego house is missing a few blocks. And it's easy for me to get distracted. The point of me being with my children is for me to love on them and play with them. But instead, I get in this OCD mode of trying to fix everything, and I, I'm super gluing arms on, I'm, I'm putting cars back together, and I completely miss out on being present. And I think that's how we are. In a similar manner, it's easy for us, for our good intended works, even for Jesus, to lose focus on what matters most. At our best, many of us can relate with Martha. We try to invite him into what we do and we make him our focus, but we find ourselves getting swept up in the moment and we lose sight of him. You know, it's doesn't just happen when we're not in this space. It happens in this space. I see this so many times in worship. 
we come here and, and we want to give up our praise to God and we start singing and all of a sudden our heads are going to, uh, I wonder if I sound good. Uh, what are we going to go for lunch after this? Uh, am I sweating? Am my armpits? I don't want to raise my hands. Okay. Uh, don't we? We all have those moments where our focus is supposed to be on God. But we're so worried about these other little things that while we're in the presence of God, we neglect to be present. But at our worst, we completely disregard him. We, we let our distractions, our busyness, keep him from even being a part of what we're doing. We don't give him any attention. What are the things uh, that you do that distract you from putting God as your focus, from putting Jesus as your focus? Whether it's well-intentioned or not, it's important that we don't let our actions become distractions. We have to keep our focus. In the last verse of our, our passage, Jesus weighs in, our last couple verses of our passage, Jesus weighs in on this issue. Uh, verses 41 and 42 says, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about so many things, but few things are needed, or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what's better, and it will not be taken away from her. Side note, I love how empathetic Jesus' answer is to her. Uh, Jesus tells Martha that what her sister is doing is better than what she is currently focused on. And he does it with grace. To keep our focus on Jesus, we need to keep our priorities in check. Jesus tells Martha that few things are needed, but really only one thing. There's really only one thing that's needed. She should have prioritized sitting at the feet of Jesus. She should have prioritized being a disciple of his. Even though she was doing something as good as serving him with all her might, she missed the mark because the heart of what she was doing was wrong. She had the opportunity to be in the presence of God, to be in the presence of Jesus, and she didn't take advantage of it. With everything that we have going on in our lives, it's important that we have our priorities in the right place. As followers of Jesus, our lives are supposed to revolve around him. It's not just supposed to be a piece that's supposed to revolve around him. Be shaped by our faith in Jesus. This might be a good time for us, right before the holiday season, for a gut check. What is our life focused on? What areas do you find yourself prioritizing over your faith in Jesus? Is it the social calendar? Is it the recreational life? Is it education? Is it work? Is it family? Family's good, right? As we plan for the different gatherings we're going to attend, where is Jesus in the midst of them? Where does he fit in the priority list? When we look at Mary and her ability to focus on Jesus, it might seem simple. Or maybe some of you are like, yeah, why wasn't she helping out? Come on. That's the mentality we take. But her actions took a level of courage. She made Jesus her number one priority. 
She had the opportunity to sit at his feet and listen, and she seized it. You might not know this, but this act actually went against what was culturally acceptable. Martha did what was culturally acceptable in this story. For the first century Jew, sitting at someone's feet did not bring to mind like a child sitting at the foot of a parent. It meant a higher formal education. Jesus was known as a rabbi and a teacher. And to sit at his feet meant that you were being trained as his disciple. Mary was not quietly sitting and contemplating what Jesus was saying. No, she was in active training mode to be a disciple of his. This was countercultural. Women weren't supposed to do that. You're supposed to be attending to the guests. No, but she made him the priority. She went against what's normal, and it mattered to Jesus. It pleased Jesus. When we look at their actions, we can see where their priorities are. What Martha was doing was great. She made serving Jesus her priority. She humbly served at, uh, all his disciples. But what Mary did was better because she prioritized being a disciple. She prioritized Jesus being her primary focus. We're heading into this crazy holiday season. Whether we love this time of year, we hate it, or maybe we kind of land somewhere in the spectrum, we're all at risk at losing focus of what really matters. This year, let's not let our busyness, let's not let our emotional issues we're bringing to the table, let's not let our, our stress take us away from what matters most, from what it is we're supposed to be focusing on. Let's instead put our focus on Jesus and keep us from falling into that holidays that we always seem to find ourselves getting into. So in closing this morning, there's a few things I want to ask you is what is your primary focus this season? What is the primary focus of your life right now? Is it time with family? Is it Christmas shopping? Is it traveling? Where does Jesus fit in that list from a priority standpoint? And I really want to challenge each and every one of us to incorporate one new rhythm or habit into our lives that will help us put a greater focus on Jesus during this month specifically. But you know what? This doesn't have to be for a month. We're supposed to have our focus on Jesus all the time. But what's a, a new rhythm or habit that you can incorporate that allows for us to have a, a deeper focus on him? Um, what if this season, in all we do, Jesus could speak to us the way he talked of Mary and say, you chose better and it will not be taken away. Let's pray. God, we thank you for the birth of Jesus and for this holiday season and for the opportunity to give you thanks for all that you do in our lives. Uh, God, we also thank you for, for the numerous blessings you do for the lives of the people around us. And we ask that this holiday season, you allow for us to put our focus on Jesus so that we can keep those other distractions at bay, so that we can 
not fall into that holidays that we tend to fall into. Lord, be with our time of worship this morning. Let it be pleasing to you. Help us take away those distractions and give our full hearts to you as we sing these songs. Amen. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.